Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pador. It is October 7th, 2022, currently 6.28 p.m. Eastern Time. This is episode 46 of the FSOF podcast. Hello, welcome. Glad to have you. Glad to hear you. Kind of. Uh, but you can at least hear me. I apologize for the weeks not doing so, which I already said I'm not going to apologize, so I apologize for apologizing again. Apologies. So, with that said, I have a good podcast lined up for today. All because of my special guest who has been on here many times before uh, through her knowledge of comic books, of her education as a musician, and just because she is your budget bartender, please welcome my guest, Queen Shelby, also known as Shelby. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. D yeah, it's my third time. There's a cat in the litter. And, yes. And they're scratching. So, yes, welcome. Oh, so, as always, I gotta hype up the listeners for their week to come. So let's get to the hyping. So, dear listeners, I know it has been about three weeks or so since we last conversed, or at least last time you heard me rant into a microphone just because I'm lonely and there's no other form of human connection within my life. But, <laughs> but how have you been? How have these weeks been treating you? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Why? How? What strengths and what accomplishments have you done and where have you fallen short? Was it your fault? If it was, what happened? Reflect. Digest. Learn. If it wasn't, what the fuck? Uh, what, just what the fuck? And it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be upset. And, and at times, you know, it's also okay to blame because circumstances kind of suck at times. But what counts and what is something that I have said repeatedly is that Falling down is fine. Staying down is okay, but don't stay down forever. Get up. Try again. And and just always strive for the betterment of yourself. Uh, these past few weeks have certainly been challenges for us. Both good, both bad. Circumstances not going our way. Sometimes our fault, sometimes not. Like, uh, how do you pep yourself up? By doing things that I like. Yeah. And by doing things that she likes. Just kind of, I don't know, I guess helps you digest. Just move past or... I mean, just keep... Reminds me of the th things that I like, obviously. But it just makes me feel happy. And, yeah, maybe potentially helps me digest things, but... You know, just by reminding myself that, you know, I like to do mixology, I like to play video games, I like to read, watch movies, you know. All these things, you know, just... Get back into it. Get back into... It just lets me get in touch with myself. Yeah. Because I feel like going through all those hardships, you lose yourself sometimes a little bit. I agree. I agree. So... Whatever may have happened to you these past few weeks, listeners, just know it's not the end. You can come back from it. And remember that if you want a bitch to the asshole with the microphone in the room talking to himself, you can do so. 
contact the podcast at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what's happening with you, good and bad. Send me topics of interest, articles that you think I might like, or, you know, just say hello, fsofpodcast at gmail.com. So before we get into our updates, we have something else in which to celebrate. Not only having my guests. Yeah, just weekly update. Oh, I thought that was it. (laughs) No, that was piping them up. We got to inform of what has transpired with us. I'm not sure that I'm ready to tell the world. That's fine. You don't have to tell them anything if you don't want to. I'll give a gist. So, not only are we uh, having our little drink to you and also commemorate the 46th episode of the podcast, I forgot to announce many weeks ago that the FSOF podcast has now been around for over a year. The first episode came out September 10th of 2021. So I am super late by a month. But hey, happy one year anniversary to the podcast. Yay! Roast. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, um,. What we just drank from <laughs> is... Um, it was the stomach acid of a monster. Mm-hmm. So, as some of you may or may not know, my favorite uh, whiskey is Templeton Rye. And this one we found just out of nowhere. It is the Straight Rye Whiskey Barrel Strength 2022 Edition. And it comes out at a very odd... alcohol or 114.6 proof which is oddly specific so real quick because our discussion is going to probably take a while Mm -hmm. um my update is just very simple we've been trying to get back into streaming again which is good fun great fine and dandy been enjoying it uh work has been going better still getting people surprised that oh excuse me to the fact that there's another man in the office answering phones and talking to people uh that happens on a daily basis but i've also now worked for the new place for a month so yay otherwise um that's that's really all that i got it's just kind of been sssdd and just trying to just go forth on the path of recovery just like you know financially and stuff yeah so and no, nothing you want to share? I'll just basically share. I mean, I don't know what you said on your last podcast, but obviously my grandmother passed away a little over a month ago. It's been trying times. Uh, obviously, explain probably some of the job loss a bit. Um, and basically, let's just say I had the rug ripped out from under me. Things were starting to look good, and then I had the rug ripped out from underneath, under me. Um earlier this week um and now just trying to pick back up the pieces that broke and yeah try to move forward with life and see what we can do yeah. so recover just yeah. mentally and emotionally yeah so <clears throat> spiritually and not so much physically i feel a little bit <laughs> oh by the way are you feeling any better i'm okay you mentioned yesterday not feeling too great. I'm, I'm okay. All right. So, as the title suggests, talk Miyazaki to me. What we're going to be talking about 
is literally that. Miyazaki's sex life. Where does it begin? How? Where is it now? And is his wife satisfied? Most importantly. No, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about all seven games that Miyazaki has come out with. And uh, we're going to discuss various topics concerning all of them, including lore, builds, favorites, dislikes. Uh, endings. Endings, yeah. What may or may not be canon based on what we think. And potentially what we believe from the internet, which, you know, I'll take with a grain of salt. Indeed. <laughs> so in a rare circumstance, I'm actually going to have my guests take point and lead the discussion in the podcast. And I will be here leaving colorful commentary. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so where would you like to begin? Uh, so, obviously we all know that Miyazaki created the seven games, Demon Souls, the Dark Souls Trilogy, Bloodborne, Sekiro, and then now the infamous Elden Ring. Um, seven games. Seven games. Uh, so basically what I'd like to try to start off is give a good basis for the audience. For any of the, those of you who have not played any of the games, they're actually really neat. Um, this, and this is coming from a person who never really played video games ever before in her life. Um... Except for, like, Super Mario when she was, like, little. And uh, when I say she, that's me. Um, so, these games are actually really interesting. They're kind of, they're kind of crazy at times. But yeah. I thought we could discuss lore first, just to give us a good basis of what each of the games kind of entail, what they're about. Not necessarily really giving away anything. I mean, there's going to be a little bit, but it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, you know this boss, you know, whatever. I mean, we might talk a little bit about that, but I mean, so there might be some spoilers if you haven't, but honestly, at this point, the internet is so available to you that you can look it up yourself. Well, also, all these games, except for Elden Ring, have been out for years. Yeah. So if you haven't played it or looked up the lore, or the, basically, your time has expired for you to actually be hurt by spoiler Yeah, alerts. it's literally been 11 years. 11? 11 years? 11 for, uh, since Demon's Souls? No, uh, since it's been now, uh, sorry, uh, 13 years. There you go. So Since the very first Miyazaki game came out, which was in 2009. So, literally, no excuses. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. If you're afraid of that, turn off the podcast now. But if you don't care, and this might actually intrigue you, who have never played it before, listen. It might be super neat. It might actually get you into the game. Yeah. Just know that they can be frustrating. It took her a while <laughs> to actually pick up the controls to a Dark Souls game. A little bit, yeah. 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 <laughs> so the lore. Which it's one do you lore. want to um, I'm just going to go in chronological... <laughs> chronological order. Sorry, that's the Templeton. <laughs> the Templeton. <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go in order of, you know, the game release game, the games when they were released, because I think that's probably best for the basis of sure. how things kind of go. Sure. Well, you're going to have to educate me then, because I know very little of Demon's Souls lore. I, that's why I wrote down a decent-sized paragraph. Awesome. So, basically, Demon's Souls lore, from what I can understand, um, and mind you, Demon's Souls was a game that Miyazaki was handed and basically said, this seems like trash, fix it. Yeah. Because it needs to be released. Yeah. And so he's like, okay. So he took it and somehow ended up making a decent game out of it. Yeah. Um, it's probably initial reception wasn't too popular, but it was probably more popular than what they were actually prepared for. Yeah, if I remember correctly, 
uh, from software was basically like, okay, this game is contractually obligated to be released, but it's going nowhere and we have no idea what the fuck to do with it. Do take it and do it and do whatever you want with it. So he literally had pre-made renderings of characters and this and that and mm-hmm. was given full reign to just manipulate or do whatever. Yeah. So basically, from what I can understand and from like the brief experiences that from you playing it, yeah. um that in a short sense like obviously this world is not like a human world um because there's pyromancy and there's magic and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um so a group of people called monumentals they wanted to save the land uh from harm of demons because like demons came in and tried to just fuck shit up essentially okay um and so they started to save it and they created the soul arts which is magic, not magic. The soul arts is like us healing and using it to upgrade and stuff like that. It's the oh, soul okay. arts. Okay. Um, and they also created the arch stones that are the things that actually connect the worlds and with a hub, like in a certain place, which I assume is called the nexus. Yeah. That's what it's called in the game. So I'm assuming that's what they're trying to refer to. Um, and that each arch stone connects to each world and that you have the ability to travel okay. to them. Um, however, as all things do when people are trying to make good, shit hits the fan. There's evil. Uh, a fog of chaos and calamity is at least what Fextra Life, if you want to know. Most of the things I got from are all Fextra Life. If you want to just look it up. Just literally search game, lore, Fextra Life. Right. You know, whatever. Plus, I will also be compiling all the links that we reference and they will be listed below. Yeah. Uh, as always. Yeah. Uh, so, a fog of chaos and calamity covered lands, and it basically made everybody who was still alive after, you know, the fight with the demons and all that other stuff, anybody who was still alive just went insane, essentially. Um, and then that's where you come in. You know, you're in there after the fog is hit, and now you are supposed to kill the king who is basically trying to keep the fog there, um... And pacify the old one who actually lives beneath the nexus. Because the old one also helps, you know, keep the fog away. Okay. okay. Um, and basically you're supposed to do all this to, I, I, I can only assume, is to bring Brett back prosperity. I suppose so. So. Clear out the Stephen King fog. Yeah, basically whatever, you know, the mist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, there's so many things. Like the Fixture Life website goes into a lot more detail about it, like of each place. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot and then it just kind of goes into it. So it's like, I could sit here and read this whole page to you, but you, you guys will give you the links to read it, but that's basically the gist of it. So chaos mist coming about demons running amok, you come in or to restore balance. Basically kind of sounds like other games right i i think so yeah but what are these other games so so then the dark souls trilogy basically and i lump them all together because they're all basically in a roundabout way the same thing yeah you go through basically you know shit happened war happened people fought you know dragons fought whatever all these things world serpents fought and shit like that uh say now you must save the flame or let it die and you basically get dropped into the world and basically said, uh, you need to do this, or if you don't, we all die. Um, <laughs> from a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I liked from 
the Fexture Life website, <laughs> and I thought it was cool. That it says souls equal life, life equals fire, souls equal fire. So if you put your soul in the fire, it rekindles everything. So that's basically what you're doing, is you're rekindling the fire, bringing it back, and, you know, keeping things slightly homeostasis. But, however... It's it's kind of it's to me it's kind of chaos. Yeah. Based on everything, because there's uh, only two different endings, and you can guess it's either one is the fire or dark. Yep. You don't you do or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's literally. I mean, I realize that's three games, but I literally just summed them up. That's basically what it is. Essentially. You can watch the game or play the game and experience it for yourself, or you can just read the fixture life thing. It's pretty neato. <laughs> Um, Bloodborne, uh, basically a sickness, like they, it, it was, it all started in Yarnum. Um, a sickness came through with blood and well, involving like a poison or whatever. And that's when they all got into like the blood ministration type stuff and like controlling blood. Um, it all and, started from a bunch of nerds. You know, it ish. At least from what I was reading, it didn't seem like it was nerds, nerds, but it was just like, yeah. But what, I mean, it just basically controlling blood. Um, you know, whatever, one leader was like, yeah, this, and another leader was like, yeah, this, but and it won't be so bad. Well, we all followed the one leader who ended up making it bad, and that's how the blood got tainted, essentially, and that's why people were turning into beasts. Like, actual human beings were turning into beasts. Um, so it's like all the wolves like that you see that are like going like nuts in the beginning and stuff like that, that's actually a fully turned human. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, that's why they say like some of like the higher ups, like potential uh, like, uh, what was it? Amelia and whatnot, like her and what was like, uh, I think I think he's in the DLC. Well, uh, Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence. Lawrence like they're all Ludwig. bigger, like versions of a beast because they were like higher up in the church or whatever. Um, so they all kind of got like they just became big, bigger versions of like a beast of a dog, wolf thing. Yeah. So. Um, I have a fun article from, uh, Game Rant. Uh, which goes into a little more detail of how it all originated. But yeah, it all began just because of research in Bergenworth. Yeah, and... research in Bergenworth. And I mean, uh, even the Mensis, like, school yes. academy, like, even they... The weird thing is, is, like, what I was reading is that the Mensis Academy and Bergenworth were, like, agreeing about everything. But I guess um, Mikolash, who was the leader of the Mensis Academy, was greedy, I guess. Or at least wanted to take it to control, like, the Great Ones. So the Great Ones are the one that were, like, in the sky and rule things and all that shit. And yeah, after the, you take out Rom, you get to see them. Yeah, the Cthulhu-ass dudes. Yeah. And yes, this game is kind of loosely based on a little bit of Lovecraft, because Miyazaki loves H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, why would you not? Yeah. So good. But yeah, so that that's basically it. Yeah, it's just like, just so we can, they wanted to be able to continue, like, you know, blood control or whatever to save themselves so that they could continue following the Great Ones and whatnot, but ended up kind of fucking themselves over. They all did, essentially. Yeah. Um, and all their paths were incorrect, and all their research and their wanting to know more should not have happened. I mean, it wasn't, like, incorrect. They got what they wanted, but then they, uh, they lost themselves in the process. 
That's yeah. basically what I understood from it. And also just destroy that entire region. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. The next one, Frank knows a little bit more than I do. Mm -hmm. uh, Sekiro. Basically, from what I gathered, it is loosely based on the Sengoku era in Japan. Uh, like, late era Sengoku era. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like a never-ending battle between warlords and stuff like that. Yeah. And Sekiro is essentially a ninja that was in entitled to, you know, espionage, sabotage, all that stuff. Murder and all that. Um, but that's basically what I, what I got from it. It was, like, based on that. I mean, at least from the lore, but like once you get start talking about end, because like you were saying that the lore more comes from the endings. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe we'll talk about that with the endings then. Sure, sure. But that's basically the it's what the game is based off of, from what I understood. Yeah, that's what it's based off of is just there but, literally being no government of the country, just warlords and how much land and how many men they control. Yeah. Um, the endings kind of bring into light a little bit, you know, I mean, it's, it's loosely based off of that, but I mean, they, they took that cause they were like, it's, you know, from a, a long time ago. So it's easier to kind of manipulate into a video game, essentially. Oh, without a doubt. Um, and Japanese culture is just full of mythology and lore anyway. So why not just combine real life events with yeah. uh, hypothetical situations? Yeah. So, I guess when we get to, like, the endings and stuff like that. Because he knows more about the endings than I do. I just know which ones are the good, bad, average, and true. Yeah. Um, I think you've probably held a controller for Sekiro for about, like, seven minutes total. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, the next one, Elden Ring. This is the one that I know a lot about because I've played the game three times now. Yeah. Um, so, basically, the lore of the game is Godwin died. Uh, he's... Big dude, big head honcho dude. He died. Um, and let me see here. Yeah, God, uh, Godwin died. And kind of him dying kind of just spurred the whole thing, I yeah. guess. Just whatever. He's, he's Godwin should be the son of America and Godfrey. Um, but whatever. He, he had a ring. And when and shortly after he died, the ring just shattered. Like either somebody broke it. We don't know who. Um, there are hints amongst it, but we're not quite sure. I mean, this game has not been out long enough for anybody to, like, totally, completely come up with the real story here. And that's the reason why, you know, we hope there's a DLC, because it might explain some things. Indeed. Um, but yeah, his ring was shattered, his Elden Ring, haha. And basically, World Order was broken, and just shit hit the fan, war broke out. Yeah. All that stuff. Um... And when war broke out, it broke everything up into, like, fragments of the world and stuff like that. Like, you know, uh, factions began to, like, form amongst all the worlds. Okay. Um, Melania and Radon actually uh, battled, and it was, like, a huge battle and everything, but it always ended in a stalemate whenever they did fight. Interesting. Because um, they're both strength and agility and skill and everything just canceled each other out. Um... So, and ba but they're saying, like, from that, that their strength nor skill would be enough to control the lands uh, America had united. Because Queen America is the one that had united all these lands. And then when her son Godfrey passed away and his ring broke, 
it, it fucked everything up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so then basically you, the player, are the one that has to go back through and attempt to re- reunite the lands that have been fighting. Okay. Um, so with... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Keeping my cards in order here. With that being said, like, I've got like a family tree here of everybody. So basically Queen America is, I'm assuming she's just the high up. She's, she's the queen bee. Um, she's literally a queen. Uh, her first husband consort is what they call her was, uh, is Godfrey or uh, slash Horlu. Um, he's actually two different bosses in the game. Right. Um, and they had three children together, Godwin. And I believe that's the one, the golden, probably the first child. So yeah. they probably handed everything down to him. Um, and then they had twins, Morgat and Moog. Oh, um, yeah. And then Queen America ditched Godfrey, left him to be like, yeah, you do this. I don't care about you anymore. All this stuff. And then started having relations with Radagon. Um, and then they had children, but I'll get to that eventually. Radagon, I, I don't know. It feels like he, Radagon cheated on America, but there's been like speculation that America and Radagon are the same person. Okay. So when they united Mary or whatever, that they became one. Because potentially they were more meant for each other than anybody else. Who knows? Okay. Um, but Radagon cheated, I don't know, on America. Maybe. And was with Renala, the queen of the full moon. Okay. Um, and they had three, potentially four children. Uh, they had General Radon, uh, Praetor Rikar, Lunar Princess Rani, and Renna. I, I don't know. Like, Renna's not really talked about too much. But I find it weird because Rani says that Renna is her leader. But why would her sister be her leader? And we never see her sister. So that's why I was like, is Rena short for Renala? Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. These are all like speculations. Um, but yes. So back when Queen Merica and Radagon were conjoined or whatever, or whatever the fuck, they married, whatever, they had children, Mikola, Melania, and potentially everyone is believing Melina. Melina is the one that carries you through the game, gives you torrent. Mm. Um, she's the one that, you know, spoiler alert, lights the fire. Um, and the fire giant, big pot, yeah, and yeah. sends you to crumbling Azula. So we believe that all of those, those are her children. Mikla and Melania are twins. Um, and believing so, and it seems weird, but Mikla and Melania may have had six children. Wow. Millicent being one of them, if you run into the game and you do everything. Millicent is actually the woman that is in the Church of the Plague, sitting there going, I'm so sick, whatever. Right, and then right. Gowrie, the sorcerer dude or whatever, tells you to go get a needle, and she pricks the needle on herself, and it cures her, and she's able to deal with the rot. So why does she have rot, and why is she now able to deal with it? Oh, wait, her mother is the rot goddess. Yeah. Straight up. So... And then there's five other sisters that are hinted at, but we don't know who they are. They're not mentioned ever. Um, so there's there's that. And then, obviously, Melina, kind of like we're assuming. Because Melina only ever mentions, like, I was given a job by my mother. Okay. Which would be Merica. Yeah. Um, but she never mentions dad at all. So hmm. potentially that might not be a child of both Merica and Radagon. Then maybe just Merica, you know 
cut a portion. I mean, these are all gods and goddesses, so they're all able to do things. And maybe she cut a portion of her finger off and turned it into Melina. I don't know. It's possible. Um. So yeah, that's basically the family tree. Um. Yeah, Melania and Radon hate each other. You know, half half siblings or whatever, half sister, half brother. They hate each other. Um, which is the whole fight mm -hmm. portion. Interesting. So it's like, it's a whole family tree. <laughs> Gotta enjoy those. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of some of the lore, kind of to help you understand who is who and what and everything. Also, there was like hints that um, Morgat and Margot are the same person, or that potentially Margot is a child of Morgot, whoever the fuck Morgot slept with to get Margot, but... Yikes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Gotta love those Greek-like family trees. Yeah. It was like drawing it earlier. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, okay. And, and kind of following with lore here. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the endings. So like he said, Sekiro kind of has... Their lore more ties into the endings. Yeah. With everything. Um... So with each game, pretty much all games have end have endings, um, obviously. <laughs> um, Demon Souls has two endings. They have good and a bad, bad, and it's basically gonna remove the fog or keep it. Yep. And Pretty. just and I'm not gonna give away anything because I did read some of it and how you're supposed to do it, and we're gonna have to figure out whenever we play that because now I know. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, it's basically yeah, remove the fog or keep it. That that's it. But uh, wait, there's a similar pattern. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It basically is. It's like talk to one person, or if you don't, then you get this one ending. It's literally that that finite of a detail. I kind of like it, but okay. whatever. And then Dark Souls uh, 1. It's light the flame or don't. Yep. Age of Fire, Age of Dark. That's your two ending choices. That's what you have. Yep. Either let the abyss consume or you reignite the first flame for another thousand you, years. You personally, your body yep. reignites it. Yep. So, in case you were wondering. Um, Dark Souls 2, another two endings. Basically, take the throne or find a path beyond the light and dark. Yep. Um, and in both endings, we don't know if we kept the flame going or not. We have no idea. Did we light it? Did we not? But both endings are like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it's left to speculation. Yeah, it's it's whatever you want. Yeah. How, however you feel that day. Um, Dark Souls 3, and this is what I was talking about right before we started. I was like, I don't want to get into this. But I like the fact that there are four different endings for Dark Souls 3. Nice. It's neat. Okay. So basically, you it's, you know, there's the two. Relink, relink the flame or don't. You know. Then... So you, and then there's like and those, so that's that first two set is basically like Dark Souls one yep. is relight the flame or don't whatever it's relinking it in uh, Dark Souls three. Yeah. Um. And then there's another two set of endings where you take the flame. You can take the flame. You can take the flame. You can be selfish and you keep it for yourself, Ooh. or you take it and to revive every like keep all your your peeps alive. You become the Lord of Hollows. Ooh. That's neato. Mm-hmm. Next I thought, time I play through, I'm going to have to get one of those endings. Yeah. I thought that was neat that that was different because I feel like, you know, obviously, Relink the Flame or Don't, whatever, just... Standard it's Miyazaki. Stan standard Miyazaki amongst Dark Souls. Um, but then you can be selfish 
Yeah. You know, to take the flame and keep it for yourself or to link it with everybody else and yourself. That's neat. Um, yeah, because the firekeeper gets pissy with you on those endings. Oh, really? Yeah, she doesn't like that. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that that was super interesting. Um, like, that's just a basic gist. Like, I understand I could be missing words. I know, like, if you uh, relink the flame, you can become Lord of Cinder. Right. Essentially. Right. Essentially. Um, so, I thought that was cool. <laughs> I know. That it's like you get that. I, I feel like those selfish endings kind of potentially hint at a Dark Souls 4. It's not going to happen. No. I... But I like that there's they left that kind of open-ended mm-hmm. type in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose then the only way to go about those other two endings is to probably interact more with uh, the Firekeeper. Because I know there's a way that you can actually marry the Firekeeper. Yes, yeah, so you marry Omri or whatever her name is. Right. Or, yeah, you marry her. That's actually the Lord of Hollow's ending, I believe. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, because you can marry her and then you can... If you're, a, I don't think it matters what your sex is, but if you're a man or a woman, uh, you can actually press her for like physical interaction, and then she banishes you to the dungeon of lust. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... Yeah, basically, yeah. So this, they have the three endings: the linking of the fire, the age of the dark. Obviously, that's not lighting it. Duh. Mm-hmm. Um, betrayal, which is the first one of the take the flame, mm-hmm. is first so the unkindled finds the fire keeper and agrees. This is from Fexture Life, by the way. And agrees to betray his duty. The unkindled defeats the Lord of Soul of Cinder and summons a fire keeper. The fire keeper lets the flame fade. The unkindled then strikes the fire keeper and takes the flame for him or herself. Wow. The unkindled is called accursed for seeking fire selfishly. Damn. And then the other one is like taking the fire is the usurper of fire. This is the one where you marry her. First, mm-hmm. then can almost acquire the maximum number of dark sigils. Then must go under a ritual marrying Henri. The unkindled defeats the soul of Cinder and relinks the flame. Instead of relinking the flame, the unkindled, that's you, by the way, unkindled is you, uh, steals the power of the first flame for himself or herself and becomes the Lord of Hollows. That's neato. That's I thought neato. that ending was super cool. Yeah. Just as a. <laughs> I thought that was neat. Hell yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So then Bloodborne endings. There are three different endings. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm going to kind of talk about this between Bloodborne and Sekiro because they all talk about the true um, ending. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Um. So Bloodborne has the dream ending, which basically Garman chop your heads off and you wake up and you're like, was that a dream? Did I rem- what, what, what just happened? Like you don't have any memory of anything going on whatsoever. Yeah. They always talk about Dawn when Dawn approaches. Well, Garman's like, well, I can make Dawn approach. Do you give up? Yeah. And then he, he and you, you agree, and... you agree to him and he chops your head off and yeah. then you wake up from a supposed dream. Alleged dream. That's the good ending. Yeah. Is what they're saying. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the bad ending is you take Garman's place, um, you don't agree with him and all that stuff, and then you get pushed around as an old man and basically you're taking his place. Yeah. That's the bad ending. Yeah. Uh, the true ending is that you are reborn in a cute, ugly slug. Yeah. You basically... <laughs> and the doll carries you and it's adorable. Yeah. You... But that's what they're saying is the true ending. Right. Yeah. You become an ancient one. Yeah. A baby ancient one. A baby ancient one. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was ending because, and that kind of leads into Sekiro, where they have the they have bad good uh, uh, they have good bad average and a true ending. Yes. 
So basically, the uh, what I have here is there's the Shura ending, which is the bad ending. That's the bad ending. Yeah. Any uh, description that you've got? Because he's the one. Yeah. He's, he's so, platinum. This so. So the Shura ending basically is um. So basically, uh, Sekiro or uh, Wolf is. He has two codes that he abides to, but first one reigns true over all of them, which is the Iron Code. And the Iron Code is basically Owl, his foster father, but his father uh, figure nonetheless, basically saying, whatever I say goes, no matter what, you obey my word. So you come to a choice when you meet Owl after talking to who he commanded you to protect, Lord Kuro. Mm-hmm. And Wolf sees Owl and is like, wait, aren't you dead? And he's like, ah, oh, no, I just staged that. By the way, I totally want that kid's power. Obey me and, uh, and betray your oath to Kuro. And at that moment in the game, you either obey the Iron Code or you break the Iron Code. To get the Shura ending, you obey the Iron Code. So you follow Dad. You follow Dad. Okay. Half Dad, but yeah. (laughs) Right. And at that point, the game basically goes into the final sequence where you kill Emma and you kill Ashin. And then in the next cutscene, the place is on fire. Um, Owl goes and takes the uh, Immortal Blade. But then you kill Owl. And you turn into Shura, which I guess is just, like, evil whatever. Okay. And it hints that you go and kill Kuro for his immortality. That is bad. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So then there's the immortal severance. They're calling that the average, the blah ending. Right. So the blah ending is (laughs) you break the Iron Code, but you don't go into Owl's past and kill True Father Owl. Because True Father Owl, if you kill him, gives you like that fragrant tree branch. Okay, yeah. And if you don't get the fragrant one, you just get the dried up one. Okay. So you don't actually have all the ingredients. So So you're basically, you follow Dad, but then you do what you need to do for Kuro. Right? No, you kill Dad. You kill Dad Oh, when you break break the code? Yeah. When you break the code, you, you kill to, Dad in you, present if time. If you keep the code, you like Dad. That's that's the Shura. That's ending. the Shura ending. Okay, so if you break the code, so now you hate Dad, but then if you then but you don't go to the past, so you don't kill him twice. Right, you just kill him one Once. time. And then you go and you get the dragon tear. You did this and that. You go to that um, field ending, and then kid gets stabbed. And so then it's you it's kill. basically like the good ending, but not killing Dad twice. Right. Okay. Uh, but the ending is that instead of Wolf living, he decapitates himself he, so that Kuro lives. Immortal severance. So he severs himself. So himself. Kuro, okay, so that's right. the immortal severance ending. Yes. Okay. So then the purification ending. I'm assuming that means that... Because well, I've, got, I've got the purification and the return left. I'd like to talk about the return last if I can all help it. And I'm sorry, I don't have the endings pulled up. No, that's fine. I got the endings pulled up. Um, Okay. Let me just... So the return ending... um, Purification, purification. Purification, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. Purification, pure, 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 pure. Which is the one that I normally do. Okay, so let's see. Uh, That's the one where you have the most bosses. 
yes. in the game. Uh, let's see. So Wolf approaches a wounded Kuro. Uh, this is after you kill a Genichiro, and then a Sheen comes out of him, and then you kill a Sheen in that field. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Wolf approaches a wounded Kuro uh, and gives him both the tears and the aromatic flower before committing uh, seppuku over the child's resting body. By healing Kuro and severing the immortal link between them, Wolf unshackles Kuro from the dragon's heritage. Emma and Kuro oh. later pay their respects to Sekiro in the silver grass field where he perished. The young lord says, I too will live for every moment, and then I will pass on just as uh, my shinobi did for me. So basically that's the ending where it cures his blood as well. Oh, I got the immortal severance wrong. Oh, wait, wait, okay. Wolf approaches a seriously injured Kuro and feeds him the dragon's tears. So no aromatic flower whatsoever because you didn't go, you didn't go yeah. to the dad's past. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I, uh, To then fulfill yeah. his request, Wolf stabs Kuro with the immortal blade, killing him. Oh, so yeah. severs him. So it severs Kuro him. from the whole dragon rot thing or oh, whatever. Oh, right. Uh, in the aftermath, Wolf returns to the dilapidated temple at the sculptor's replacement. You become the sculptor, so you become okay. Garenum. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. yeah. So the yeah. So then the return ending. The, the return. And ending. this is what they all believe is the true ending, which everyone believes. I think, from what I read, is canon. Yes. If we're I gonna think call this, if we're too. gonna call this shit true, mm -hmm. that's the reason why Bloodborne, they're calling the reborn ending when you're reborn as a baby little great one or mm -hmm. ancient one. Uh, and they're calling it the true ending. That's telling me that's canon. And this, so this is canon ending. Right. And this ending is dumb to acquire because it takes a lot of dialogue with um, the divine child where you get your immortal blade from. But you interact with her so much by getting rice from her and eating rice. Oh, and yeah, then you I remember get this. This rice. And then she's like, oh, I'm kind of tired. Then she sleeps for a while. And then you have to wake her up with a peach or a clementine or... Yeah, some sort of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this ending is you give Kuro the divine uh, dragon tears and the divine child's frozen tears. Oh, two that tears. you get from her. Okay. Uh... Wolf picks him up and faces west, proclaiming we must leave this place, my lord. Taking Kuro to the Divine Child, Wolf watches as she performs a ceremony, wishing him to be at rest and offering him to hold him in her heart. She absorbs the dragon's power and peacefully ends his life. Kuro dies. Okay. But Kuro dies in the Immortal Severance as well. Yes. Shortly thereafter, so, okay. the Divine Child says her farewells to the spirits of her siblings before greeting Wolf and announcing, Let us depart west to the birthplace of the Divine Dragon. So, Kuro basically gets absorbed into the Divine Dragon. Which, divine Child. Child. Yeah. Which I presume rids Wolf of his immortality. But he basically then goes and protects her and goes west. Yeah. And so if they're saying that's the true ending, then we're going to a different land and or whatever. Different if there's, if there's, if there's going to be ever a Sekiro 2, like if there was going to be any hint at that. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting because they had true, they, they labeled these as true online. Like everywhere I was going, it's true, like good, bad, canon ending, whatever they're calling it. Mm -hmm. It seemed 
interesting that, you know, but most of the time they were always saying true. So I'm like, that must mean canon, if that's the case. Yeah, that makes sense that the blah ending is that you become the sculptor. Yeah. It just keep going through the cycle, you know, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Um... So yeah, there's that. Uh, then Elden Ring. Ha! There's six endings to this damn game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll kind of go off of the uh, off of this. There is the Age of Fracture, which is where you fix the ring, and you become Elden Lord. Good times. Uh, then there's Age of Duskborn, which you get through the Mending Rune of Death. That's the Fia's quest line and shit like that. And you basically return your your Elden Lord, but now it's the Age of Dusk and shit like that. So mm. whatever. Uh, and then there's the Age of Order, and that's the Mending Room of Perfect Order. That's what you get when you uh, follow Brother Corin and Goldmask's quest line. Mm. Um, he's he's an arcane dealer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you get that um, ending when you do that one. Um, then there's the Blessing of Despair. That is actually, uh, what's his name? I don't know. He's the one, the Seedbed Curse. He's the ugly dude. Oh, yeah. I forget his name. Uh, if we're going to do this, i got to say his name. Um, goodness gracious. Um, oh, yeah. That's right. He's he's in here. Yeah, Dung Eater. Oh, yeah, that is the ending that you get like through following Dung Eaters. Um, basically, you just have to give him a shit ton of seedbed curse, and then eventually he'll give you the mending room of the fell curse. And that's how you get um, the blessing of despair, just whatever. It is actually still an Elden Lord ending, but it's just different. It's just different. Okay. Um, then they go, this is a different ending. So this is the reason why when you play the PS4 or any, any rendition, any of the achievements, there's three, because they don't give a shit. However, you want to get to the Elden Lord ending. You have four different options for that. They don't give a shit. Just do it. Just do it. Um, however you want to do it, whoever you talk to, it doesn't matter. You get it. Most people will probably do age of fracture and just mend the ring. That's probably the most common. Probably. Um, and but then the next one is Lord of Frenzied Flame. Well, guess what? That's chaos ending essentially. Yep. And you talk to a bunch of people. Shabriri, Shabriri is actually one of them. And like you meet him in the very first beginning of Mountaintop of the Giants, right next to Zamor Ruins. He's just like, let chaos take the world. He's like yelling and shit like that. It's he's crazy. <laughs> um, obviously chaos ending. Yeah. Um, and that's one where you also have to have the three fingers hold you, and you get burn marks on you, and it's. If you didn't want that ending or you fucked up, good luck having fun trying to reverse that because you have to take out Melania and do all this bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like you got to do all the right things in the right order in order to do it because if not, you guess what? You're stuck in the Frenzied Flame ending. Wow. Um, so, yeah. And then the last ending, sixth ending, is the Age of Stars. This is Ronnie's ending. If you follow Ronnie's questline, you have that option. It's, She's pretty cool. Um, a blue mark on the ground after you defeat the Elden Beast. Yeah. Um, basically what it is is Ronnie uh, overthrows Merica and becomes queen of the world. And then she takes the player with her to another land and basically leaves Elden, like the whole land of Elden Ring. Um, there were the land, the lands between, sorry, the lands between without an Elden Lord. Um, and this is actually believed to be canon. That is actually what they believe to be the canon ending of Elden Ring is that Ronnie takes over and is queen and then they leave. I mean, why she not? She leaves with her Elden Lord. Yeah. And goes somewhere else. So that right there, if that's canon ending, we're going somewhere else. Just like Sekiro, yeah, going, somewhere, going somewhere, else. somewhere else. 
when are we going to get our Elden Ring 2 and Sekiro 2 here, people? <laughs> or at least a better DLC for Sekiro. There was no DLC for Sekiro. I thought, like, the Gauntlet thing was the DLC. Potentially, but they're not viewing that as such. I actually looked it up. The, oh, good. The... I was right then. Yes, you were right. Okay. Um. So, yes. So, yeah, bringing up DLCs Bring here. Bringing up DLCs. Um, Demon Souls, non and highly unlikely. Yeah. Not going to happen. I mean, the remaster was its best chance, but I'm sure Miyazaki didn't care enough. Yeah, Miyazaki really wanted to leave that in the dust and didn't want to touch it again, but no. he remastered it because... Yeah. High demand. And also, yeah. that was a actually really good marketing on Sony. Yeah. Uh, to just get the, the launch of the, the PS5. Yes, it was to like spot on. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Um. Then Dark Souls 1 has mm -hmm. Artorias of the Abyss. Ah. As he hits his hand on his desk. Whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, that came out in October... 20, uh, 23, 23rd on the, sorry, October 2012 on the 23rd. Sorry, I'm my, my dates, I can't read them. Um, so yeah, I've got the dates here. Um, we can kind of talk about this like simultaneously. So Demon's Souls was actually released on, uh, actually almost 13 years ago yesterday. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Um, so October 6, 2009, and then the remake came out, uh, November 12th, 2020. Yes. So, yes. that, along with the release of the PS5. Yep. Um, so, Dark Souls came out on September 22nd, 2011. So, that's been 11 years ago mm -hmm. um, that that came out. And Artur the, the DLC came out. Um, sorry, I need my other card. There we go. Uh, about 13 months, a year and a month later um, yeah. for that. Um, and then the remake for, uh, Dark Souls 1 came out on May 24th, 2018. So it actually had seven years. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I think he was just potentially testing the waters, you know, cause he basically, he didn't come out with a D, uh, uh, the remake until he finished DS3. Yes. It was a long time. Yeah. Um, so then saying that, uh, Dark Souls 2 came out on March 11th, 2014, um, and it had three DLCs, uh, Crown of the Sunken King that came out on September 22nd, 2014, shortly, like shortly after, um, then Crown of the Old Iron King came out a month later and Crown of the Ivory King came out another month later. A lot of Kings. Yeah. Um, and so basically the DLCs came out within four to six months after the release date. Yeah. Of DS2. It seemed like they had that all planned out. Yeah, though. that DS2 was very much planned out for what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then DS2, Scholar of the First Sin, that's just the game with all the DLCs combined yeah. into it, came out basically mm -hmm. almost a year, a year or so. Yeah, because year, they A year and a month after the initial release date. Yeah, they already cash cowed all the DLCs individually. So they're like, okay, here it is combined. Enjoy. Yeah, basically. Um, so then Dark Souls 3 was released on April 12th, 2016. Um, it has uh, two DLCs, Ashes of an Dell, which came out, um, six months after the game. And then they had the Ring City, which came out, um, almost a year, basically a year later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then, then the Fire Fades Edition, which is essentially the same thing as the Scholars of the First Sin for Dark Souls 2. Right. Fire Fades Edition uh, came out a, a year later, um, which is just the game with all the DLCs in it. Yep. 
Um, then Bloodborne. There Bloodborne. has not been a remake of Bloodborne. They've just patched it a shit ton of times. Yeah. Um, that came out on March 24th, 2015. And its DLC, The Old Hunters, came out eight months later on November 24th, 2015. Yeah. So, very concise. That was also very much planned. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then Sekiro. There is no DLC of Sekiro. Sorry. They just didn't do it. They just had a bunch of patches and potentially the gauntlets were maybe something else. Who knows? Or maybe it's just something when you get into New Game Plus. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but that was March 22nd in uh, 2019 that Sekiro was released. Yeah. I don't know if it came out initially when the game was released with the gauntlets, but in order for you to get all the gauntlets, you have to complete all the endings Mm -hmm. and based on which ending you complete gives you a different gauntlet in order for you to get the ultimate gauntlet which has 17 bosses you gotta so it sounds like it probably just came out with the game we just didn't realize it that's possible yeah and then of course his seventh uh and last most recent not last but most recent game has been elden ring that was released earlier this year on february 25th 2022 yep um, there's no DLC announced. There have been rumors, but nobody has said anything. There's nothing final, all that stuff. And this is kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to talk, you know, about this. Because I've been seeing people going like, oh, he just doesn't have any faith in Elden Ring. He's not going to announce it, all that shit. Blah, 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 whatever. One, you guys are talking out of your ass. Stop saying shit like that when you don't know. Like, literally just say, I don't know. It's yeah. just so much better to just say that instead of acting like a total asshole. Yeah. Um, let's try to keep positive about these things. Um, so from what I can gather and from game sizes, this is the reason why I made this, my little note card here is the game sizes. Okay. Yeah. Demon Souls was large. It was 66 gigs. Dark Souls 1, 4 gigs. That's pathetic. They could have made that so much bigger. They could have. Dark Souls 2, about 7 gigs. Dark Souls 3, 20 gigs. Bloodborne, 30 gigs. Sekiro, 20 gigs. Elden Ring, 45. Now, based on world size, Elden Ring is the largest of all of his games. Yes. So, (laughs) with that being said, it is the largest, not necessarily file size, but it is the largest map game that Elden, not Elden Ring, but Miyazaki has created. Yes. So stop being pissy that he hasn't announced a DLC yet. He probably is there, and he's probably laughing at everybody who's pissed off and is impatient. Yeah. I get it. Just keep playing the game. Keep having fun. Keep finding... Because that's the thing. I've played the game through three times. I have no, I know people that have played the game five, six times. Mm-hmm. And they're every time, they're finding something new. Yeah. There's something new. There's a new NPC to meet. There's a new NPC to follow the quest line. There, there's just something new. Um... Because, I mean, in that game, you can also lock yourself out of a lot of things. Yeah, you can easily. Yeah. So, thoughts on the Elden Ring DLC. Just DLC, not a second game or anything like that. We can talk about that later with other games. Okay. My thoughts is that if he's going to announce it, he's going to potentially announce it this November. We're kind of coming up on it. And it's going to be released in March of next year. Okay. Which would be... 13 months, a year, one year, and one month. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the longest he waited on any DLC. Um, and that was with Dark Souls. Okay. So, that, okay, fine, whatever. But, mind you, Dark Souls was a lot smaller of a game. Yes. 
So, with that being said, I'm kind of predicting anywhere between March to November the DLC being released. November of next year. So he might next, like, that's the thing is, like, I think he'll announce it potentially in March and or April or whatever game con that's going to be happening that they're going to announce anything. He's going to find a date in one of those, and it's probably going to be released in November. Anywhere between that. Because most, like, looking at all the dates that things are released, he doesn't really release anything uh, in January or February, other than, yes, Elden Ring was late February, however. It was. Um, he doesn't really do that, and he also doesn't do anything in December. So we have anywhere between the th third month to the eleventh month. So either something is going to be released or something is going to be announced within that time frame. Well, if that's the case, in November, mm -hmm. there are, to me, two likely events that he might do such this this year november this year. this year okay yeah yep so there's the tigo awards 2020 okay which is being hosted in the united kingdoms of london okay uh november 10th and november 11th or it could possibly take place in devgam game fest which is an online event from november 23rd to november 25th Potentially. I'm saying that's the earliest he's going to announce anything. Right. And the thing is, if he's going to announce it then, I feel like we all would have been kind of hearing that, oh, he signed up to go or whatever. Yeah. Type shit. So I don't know that it's necessarily going to be that. Like, I'm literally saying March at the earliest that it's going to be released. And it's also probably unlikely mm -hmm. that it's going to be then. I'm honestly thinking it's going to be late 2023 that something is going to get announced and or released. Yeah, some sort of teaser, some sort of yeah. snippet. And honestly, and I might be jumping the gun here, I don't know, but I feel as if if they do do an, do -do, an <laughs> Elden Ring DLC, it's going to take place in the past. Because that seems to be a very common trend with his DLCs. Oh, DLC, yes. Sorry, yes. DLC. DLC. Change, change mindset. Yeah, I, w I literally switched cards, so my mindset was like, yeah, done. Okay. Um, But no, yeah, it'd probably take place in the past, like some sort of like... Oh my god, could you imagine a boss fight with Melania and Radon? Kill me now. <laughs> well, I mean, Melania... Yeah, there's your, your small Ornstein battle. Yeah, literally. Um, Honestly, I could see... Kind of like with Dark Souls 1, uh, the DLC with, you know, Artorias in the Abyss. Yeah. Uh, Artorias wasn't the hero that stopped uh, Manus. It was you. Yeah. So who's to say that you also weren't the one to uh, kill uh, What's-His-Nuts and destroy the ring? Yeah, that we were the one that killed Godwin. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out. I mean, there's there's so many speculations on what could potentially be a DLC for Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, like, I have some speculations, but it's, you know, primarily I feel like we're going to deal a lot more with America. Like, I want I want America battle, honestly. America battle? Okay. Yeah, I think that not America, but Queen America battle. Yeah. You know, I feel like that would be sweet because we got to fight Radagon. We got to fight Godfrey. We got to fight Renala. Mm -hmm. We didn't get Queen America. Nope. 
No. We just had the stakes of America that, you know, saved us from having to go too far back or whatever, you know, from a boss fight. Yeah. But, you know, I think that would be interesting to, like, take out Queen America or something. Or potentially Queen America could actually be in Elden Ring 2. Yes. Um, Because we're leaving and, you know, if the canon ending is Ronnie takes over as queen, well, America's going to be pissed. Also, where the hell have you been, girl? You come back to your land while we go somewhere else and it's yeah. just godless. Yeah, basically. Literally. So, yeah. So now I just kind of have some other topics to kind of discuss, whatever, you know. Now we've kind of got, like, the big chunk of, like, what the games are all about and whatnot. And we've bantered on about that stuff. So, you have anything else to say about what we kind of, we've already touched upon? Yeah. Um, and I do have other topics that, you know, might encompass some of that stuff. Oh, okay. I, I want to jump the gun to five, but no, yeah, we'll, well, we'll begin. I mean, we can we can talk about that right now since we're already doing that. So, yeah, so we'll do that and make one through four the last. So. Yeah. So in my opinion, and I have played... And beat all the games except for Demon Souls. He's in the process of Demon Souls. Uh, so, I'm glad that they gave Dark Souls the light of day with a DLC. It took them a while, but I think what they did was awesome. Uh, Dark Souls 2, I, meh. <laughs> We're not huge fans of Dark Souls 2, no, but I, it's I, there. I need to play it again, and anyway. Yeah. In due time. Dark Souls 3... Uh, I love both of the DLCs, and I hope that it just cuts and is ended there, because I don't think there's anything more that they can lay upon it which would better it. Yeah. Honestly, if they did a Dark Souls 4, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, where's our other stuff? That's yeah. the other thing. It's like, if you're going to create a Dark Souls 4, where's our Sekiro 2? Because if that's the canon ending, there might be a Sekiro 2, potentially. The most... Bloodborne 2. Like, yeah. what the fuck? That is the most demanded... Bloodborne 2. Bloodborne 2. Yeah. Um, but Dark Souls 3, no. Leave that exactly as it is. That is a very fine gem. Yes. Uh, Bloodborne 2. Yes, please. The DLC, awesome. I love how they expanded upon that lore, but they didn't beat it to death. No. Uh, the only thing that they expanded upon was Hamlet. Yeah. Um, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um... Than Sekiro. Potentially. I could, I could see them doing a second game. Not necessarily a DLC. I don't think the game is... I don't want to say not worthy. I just don't think that there's a there's a reason. Yeah, I think they fed the storyline so... Like, it was stitched together so tightly that there was no room for them to be able to, like, do yeah. anything. Because you already I mean, have... it's also based on history, so you can't really, like, take too much of a liberty. Right. And you already have yourself going into the past twice. Yeah. So the only real option for Sekiro is making a Sekiro 2, whatever canon ending FromSoft and Miyazaki decides with, probably heading to the West. Yeah. Then I mean, what? that's what everyone believes to be the true ending. So if they're saying it's true, it has to be canon, in my yeah. opinion. Has to be, but that you know, obviously Miyazaki's never going to tell until. Oh yeah, of course. Until he announces, oh yeah, Sekiro two, by the way. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah. course. You know. And there's actually two endings that I can see as being canon. 
and it's him, you know, going off to the west with the divine child. Yeah. Or it's him killing Kuro, because that just leaves him literally being a lone wolf. He's yeah. free to do anything and everything he wants. Yeah. That was another thing I read that they said, like, he could just travel to other lands if he wanted to. Yeah, I'm sure, like, he just He's became bored. the sculptor for a little bit, but... He probably, I would believe that or a wolf... a sculptor in another land. Right. I would believe that wolf internally would not subjugate himself to just mourning and just being depressed for eternity like the sculptor was. Yeah. Because he killed the sculptor who became the demon of hatred. He wouldn't want to become that. So yeah. he would want to pick up his life somewhere and do something and begin a new adventure. Yeah. So those are the two that I can believe. Yeah. Yeah. So basically... And then Elden Ring. I honestly think there probably will be an Elden Ring, too. There's just so much. And, like, literally, if you look at the Fextra Life page for Elden Ring, literally, like, here, I'll scroll all the way down here. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Lore theories of Elden Ring. And it's all questions. Yeah. Everything is a goddamn question. Look at all those questions. That's and... easily, like, three pages, single-spaced. Yeah. Maybe four pages, single space of questions of what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. There's so much what the fuck with the game that it's like, we we need something more. Either a hugely expansive DLC mm -hmm. and or a decent DLC that pertains to Elden Ring, first Elden Ring, and then a second game. Yeah. And maybe a third. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, um, the only game that Miyazaki has done which inundated itself with content was Dark Souls 2. And I think it's because they knew, maybe, that it would it would have been unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. Because... Well, the thing is, like, they could they could have and they should have shared some of that content with Dark Souls 1 because, like I said, like, it was four gigs for a game, for the game. Yeah. Like, they could have totally made Dark Souls 1 a whole lot more expansive than what they did instead of making Dark Souls 2 the informational dump. Right. And like, then it's like, it's like, I finally got it right with Dark Souls 3, but it's like, why couldn't have, you know, they shared a little bit of the load with Dark Souls 1. I understand they already came out there and there's nothing they can do. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, in a way, I feel like Miyazaki quite, wasn't quite sure and wasn't, didn't know how well his game would be received. And then upon finding out it was really, really well received, it was like, shit, I have to come up with stuff. I'm sure he... Maybe he came out with three DLCs for Dark Souls 2 because he was just trying to test the waters as far as like mechanics and story goes. Mm -hmm. So once he was able to take in that data pool, he then solidified things. Yeah. So Dark Souls 3 had the two, which were awesome. Bloodborne needs one, or at least needs. No, Bloodborne it has, has one. DLC. It needs which a Bloodborne was two. awesome, but needs a sequel. Yeah. Sekiro, I can see why not. Elden Ring demands one. At yeah. least one good DLC and then and a or, second game. And or another two, yeah. like, like um, Dark Souls 3. Yeah. Something like that, because, Lord God, like, if there's, like, literally this long of many questions... Where are your like, no cards for the DLC releases? DLC releases? Yeah. I've got time between DLC and... Here, you have the time between DLC and DLCs. Okay, let's see. Um, it's basically time between the game release and the DLC, so you can kind of see. So, but, but yeah, if you just kind of want to know. Yeah, so that's the thing is that 
when it comes to DS1 and DS2, they took their sweet-ass time in order to come out with uh, the Autorius of the Abyss DLC. But then DS2 was like... It Just was like, DLC dump. Yeah, literally. Like, four months... It was like, that's why I wrote four to six months, because it's four months. Five months, six months after. Yeah. Like, literally all within less than a year, a shit ton of stuff happened with Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. It was in, literally information dump. Okay, yeah. So... They, And then with Dark Souls 3, it was six months, then a year. So it was kind of like, oh, here's the game. Enjoy it for this long. Oh, six months. Here's a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh, a year. Here's a little bit more. That was like so well planned Yeah. for what that is. Yeah, probably everybody was like, yeah, just dump it all on us at once. Yeah, but no, that, no. That, he did that with Dark Souls 2. And that was like, that's probably the reason why everybody hated it. I don't know. Not everybody. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's really all that I have to say about DLC and second game potential is yeah. give Bloodborne a second game, give Elden Ring a second game and, and a, a DLC. Or two. Or two. <laughs> yeah. And then give Sekiro a second, a second game. game. Like Sekiro's probably on the bottom of the list because it's like it's it's good as a standalone right the, now. Oh hell yeah. I don't think it's as pressing, but at least based with Bloodborne, like, come on, like, get back to Bloodborne, dude. Like, we've been begging for this. And everyone's like, oh, my God, I decided to come out with another game and out of Bloodborne 2. It's like, well, this game is actually kind of cool. It's super cool. Um, and also, But I honestly think if he's not, if he's going to come out with a new game, one, mm-hmm. what the fuck, but two, where's yeah. our blood, where's Bloodborne 2? Yeah. <laughs> also, know? the other thing with, and we talked about this off stream while we were talking about the ideas of uh, us collaborating and talking about Miyazaki games. Is that the other thing that we have to consider when it comes to Elden Ring DLC or even a second one is the collaboration with Martin. Yeah. Will he want to do it? Um, And amongst just reading on the internet and everything, um, I think Martin would want to. He had way too much fun with this. Um, I think, you know... He he was surprised. I I don't know why, but I think I thought they read like there was like an article shortly after the game came out that like people were really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "I'm surprised. <laughs> they they like my work in a in a video game too." So now he's kind of like getting into it. And I thought they said that that they showed Martin watching Miyazaki play Elden Ring. Oh really? Yeah. At oh one man, point. I haven't seen that. I yeah. Need, I need to find. I don't that. think it was a video. I think they just talked about that. You know, Martin watched. Okay. And it was just like my my work. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful, you know. Like that's the interesting thing probably for Martin is that yeah, he writes he writes books, you know, here's, you know, uh whatever the hell, the Game of Thrones. Yeah. And sure, whatever here's whatever the hell, yeah. Whatever the hell. And then here's the adaptation of a television series. Cool. That's great. I can understand why they do this, why they do that, but it's just viewing. Yeah. And when it comes to video games, it's literally just an interactive movie that you control. Mm-hmm. So it's a different media for him to for for him think, to see his work being expressed through. Yeah, essentially. And I think they did a really good job collaborating because even Miyazaki was like, "I don't care where you want to start. You want to start in Caleb? Go for you. Go fuck yourself." <laughs> literally and it's like you know if you want to do that like he doesn't care obviously there is kind of a set order Mm -hmm. but at the same time he's like i don't really care what you want to do a part of me wonders you create you create the order you can literally bypass margaret and godfrey in the very beginning you don't have to go through stormvale yeah there is actually a way to go around 
that's probably the other twist that Martin had to consider was that it isn't linear with your characters and things are happening in the background that we don't know that about that becomes a surprise. Mm-hmm. You are literally interacting with the world, manipulating and doing whatever the hell you want. So where and when can these characters or the main storyline be cut or interjected? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he actually had to really think rather creatively as a writer a traditional writer to go with you know video games yeah basically so yeah there's that you know there are potential dlcs and second game potential obviously bloodborne 2 is high on the list and then i think after that is elden ring dlc or two and then potentially an elden ring 2 and then a sekiro 2 yeah um so yeah and then other topics i have just kind of follow however you want to do. I've got game similarity between all the games, you know, the weapons, NPCs, or bosses, enemies, whatever you can come up with. Okay. I know one probably similarity is going to be the Moonlight Blade. Oh, yes. And it's not necessarily between all games, but it is definitely between, like, Dark Souls, mm-hmm. uh, Bloodborne, and even Elden Ring. Yeah. Now. Yeah, the one game I don't think it's a part of is Sekiro, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but I can't remember if it's in um, Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. Like we have not. We have not officially finished the game, so we'll find yeah. out eventually, probably. Yeah. So yeah. Demon Souls, and then, or at least the Moonlight Blade, is obviously a staple. Yeah. But then also uh, the Dragon Slayer, uh, which is Guts Blade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that true. one is all throughout. Yeah. Uh, the majority of his games as well. Yeah. NPCs, patches. Patches. Without a doubt, patches. <laughs> patches, like just straight up right there. Dark Souls 1 through 3, Bloodborne. Yeah. Because he was the spider in the academy. Yeah, and, and Elden Ring, and Elden he's Ring. just patches. Yep. Um, I, I just think it's funny that just patches is patches. just there. It's just patches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow such an iconic character. Yeah. Uh, patches. He, he's just there. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I just and also like you know, I mean, there's the fire keepers and Dark Souls. It's obviously they're just yeah. they're there because they're lore, right? Um, but yeah, any similar bosses? I know you were saying something about like, um, oh, that one boss in Elden Ring that I think you fought. It's part of Ronnie's quest line. It's like towards the end after you do the Lake of Rot, and then you go down and you drop in in this casket and flow down the river, and you go take out this weird being. Like amygdala-looking being. Oh yeah. Um, like kind of looks because to me it kind of looks like a version of one of the ancient ones or great ones in Bloodborne. Right. So I notice at least within Elden Ring. And also maybe Moonlight Butterfly a little bit. Yeah, I notice a lot within Elden Ring. Probably from Miyazaki's design and his art team. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of. I believe, references. And one of those references is a lot actually to Bloodborne, specifically the fight with Rom, where you're just in this empty space of water and there's just this weird being in front of you. But that's where you said that he was using um, that one mechanic with Rom. Oh, yes. Like open Um, space or whatever. It is, um... Oh, shit. 
Oh. You have your phone. You have a lifeline. I do have a lifeline. <laughs> yeah, it, but I don't think he uses that at all in Elden Ring. Because it's oh, infinite space or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he I don't he doesn't use that because I told you I hit the wall when I the last time when I was doing Elden Beast. So it is it's not an it's not infinite, it's not going on forever. You know, or like the same texture over and over again. That's basically what he's trying to reference, is like the same texture over and over repeating ad infinitum. And Elden Beast is not that because there's a wall. It looks like it goes on forever, but there is a wall. I ran into it. It hurt because it well, killed me. Well, it's not. It's not like infinite space, as in you can like traverse and go anywhere. It's like okay, here I am. Here, here's these landmarks around me. Is my character's distance from where I am to that landmark actual? Oh, okay. Right. That's what I more mean. Okay. Well, that's not how you described it before. <laughs> You were literally describing it as it's using the same texture. Uh, because in Dark Souls 1, they don't they don't use that. From where you are from that landmark and where and how you what have to go there. Kings? That is just a large drop down that can still yeah, be that, mapped out. But not the space down below. No, probably not. That's what I'm saying. So that's what you were trying to get at is like it's something that you know, you're looking at it like this building looks like it's right in front of your face, but it's actually five miles away or whatever. Um, I, that's what you were, you were kind of describing it as like, you know, it's texture that is being reused to create <laughs> distance or no distance. Essentially, and so that's what I was like, because you were describing it as like texture being reused, and so I was like, well, then they use it in the Four Kings, then in Dark Souls One, and they seemed to use it with the Elden Beast, um, in Elden Ring, but then I hit a wall, because it's like that's what you were saying is like it's infinite space to deal with things, where you're not gonna fall off the edge, you're not gonna hit a wall or anything like that, um, and so I was like, well, then that's Rom, and that's the Four Kings. I wish I could remember the terminology because my phone is not helping me. Uh, but so, like, I just I must have misspoke, uh, which is fine because I, I do that saying, a you lot. You described it to me like two or three times, and you've described it to me as, as repeating textures. So every time. So, like, I described in Dark Souls is you know where the map is from that landmark to how you have to get there the distance can be drawn out as far as how you get there and it makes sense uh, if you're a stenographer and dark souls 2 they use cartographer cartographer is somebody in the courtroom right right right, right. <laughs> yeah uh typist yeah yeah a cartographer yeah. in dark souls 2 when you're in whatever home main base is called mm -hmm. uh you can look off into the distance and you can see you know this tower or that land or this or that and you go through a tunnel and you might turn a wheel and you might walk through another short tunnel and then somehow you're there which doesn't really make sense as to how you can just walk like two miles in order to traverse 50. okay that is the use of infinite space which is kind of like adding you know, layers in Photoshop. In this layer, you have this area, and then you cross a path, and then, oh my god, you're here, suddenly. Okay. 
That's that's. Um, so then probably Dark Souls Two is the only one that does that because I'm believing everything else can at least be mapped out. Yeah. Amongst Dark Souls One, even Elden Ring, um, yep. obviously, obviously the fucking map when you you know press your press your little uh, pad there and all yep. of a sudden map sh- it's it's mappable. And they also prove that with those like those telescopes that you do yeah. like in the sky, like everything's yeah. perfectly visible. Bloodborne, you can draw that out. Yeah, you easily. can draw that out. It's kind of a maze, but it's, you know, it's there. It is a map. You the know. only time that they don't use actual map space is when you uh, go to the dream and talk to the Dow to level up. Like they have yeah. an actual one that's in the game, but where you level up, that's infinite space. As well as all the Chalice dungeons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So, then, what would be Demon Souls then with the Nexus? Because obviously we can't even see the outside world when we're in the Nexus. I think that's all infinite space. Between, like, the Nexus? Yeah, there's Nexus. It's like the world in Bloodborne, your home world in Bloodborne. Your home world. And then the difference is that... So then, the Elden Ring's round table. Infinite. Except for the one that you actually find. Kind of like Bloodborne. Yeah, so why is it infinite space when it's actually confined? It's just how it's... That's just the terminology used. Okay. So basically, traveling from, like, to the round table and out of the round table, it's, you know, you're using, basically, to go this side of grace, but then once you get to that land, I mean, that's the thing, is the the traveling, though, because in Dark Souls 1, Mm -hmm. once you get the Lord Vessel... You have the ability to travel now. You can travel, but that that doesn't that doesn't mean infinite space, right? Though, right, okay. or whatever this term is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So anybody that uses a home world, so then, yes, yeah, so Dark Souls Two does have a home world. It does. Technically, Dark Souls One does, but it's connected to landmass and playable areas yeah. so yeah. um if we're gonna think about firelink or whatever right um right sorry i was thinking that there was another place it was like a home world in dark souls one but i don't remember uh Sekiro technically does use infinite space uh just because of going to I like the how Her- he just changes games i was asking a question he's just like oh, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry what was your question i literally just asked was like i don't know if there's another home world in dark souls one um like home like because there's firelink but then but it's you... not it's not a home world it's not in you know using this infinite space right thing it's connected but obviously the other one would be connected i just couldn't remember if there was another place similar because you can you can level up at a, pretty much any bonfire right you don't have to go to a person or anything like that i would say the other home base is on deadberg where andre is where andre is yeah okay i yeah. would say that's kind of home base like because yeah. you can upgrade your weapons with them and, yeah and whatnot basically um i don't even think unless you consider like the home base of the dlc in Dark Souls One, where Mushroom Elizabeth is, yeah, uh, that's that's really about it. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's that's what I was asking. But yeah, Sekiro uses infinite, right? With with um, going to the past, going to the past. Yeah, at Harada Estate. But what about times. the homeworld? Uh, the homeworld is it's connected the... to a map, but actually, no, that's true. They do because there's that little uh, shinobu, uh, shinobi like passageway that connects you from yeah from 
the dilapidated temple where the sculptor is, and then Kuro's room all the way up in the high fucking So wherever. it has to use it. Yes. Partially. Partially. Yeah, certain bits of it does. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Just trying to think, like, you know, what games use, like, a home world. Obviously, Demon Souls with the Nexus and Dark Souls 1. Just consider Firelink, honestly, to be the main one. May as well. um, with Andre's and Undead Berg in another part. Yeah. Um, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, 2 definitely. Definitely has one. Dark Souls 3, definitely. It's the whole Firelink shrine and everything. Not the shrine, but just the, the home world. Like, there's a bunch of people everywhere. Yeah. Um,. Bloodborne, definitely. Oh yeah. Um, Sekiro, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elden Ring, oh fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> so. So it's just a common theme that Miyazaki has done. Okay. Um. Well, we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. Uh, so I guess another thing, another topic is just build versatility of each game. We don't have to go into super big detail about it, but just. Basically, yeah. Sekiro is the only one that you can't that you choose can't. a build. No, the only build that you have is just a utilization of your, your skills that you want to use. But even no. then, the basic control is just, you know, blocking accurately and attacking. Yeah. And using your shinobi tools. So, no, there's not a whole lot of versatility. Yeah. Um. So, I just thought I'd mention that there's, uh, between Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, there's 10 each uh, builds that you can choose from. Dark Souls 2, for some reason, went down to 8. Whatever reason, Dark Souls 3 went back up to 10. Bloodborne has 9 uh, that you can choose from. That's cool. Um, and Elden Ring has 10. So. so he's he's stapled himself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it seems like he really likes having builds. It just seemed like Sekiro wasn't one of those that could really be one. And it kind of makes sense because, I mean, it's based on history. We can't really be like, yeah, let's have a pyromancer or mage yeah. or what the fuck you know a sorcerer doing this stuff because it'd be kind of weird um and just one a few of them that i've noticed is like knight is a pretty common one or like hero or something like that um and amongst dark souls deprived yes he really liked his deprived you know just go the, the, na the, the nakies yeah i gotta do that yeah you gotta do your deprived do stuff my um and I think even Bloodborne did that, like, think with Waste of Skin or something like that. Like, something, you're just, like, yeah. boring person. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. Just have, like, the list of all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, is there any game that you feel is more versatile? Or do you think they're all just pretty equal based on, like, the builds that you can do with it? Because, and... I mean, I feel like, to me, Elden Ring, and I hate to say this, but I feel like Elden Ring is the most versatile because you can change your build in the middle of the game. Yeah, that's that's fair. I would say you know the respecking. Yeah, I would say. Huh, can you even respect in? I don't think you can yeah, respect in Bloodborne. I don't think you can respect at all. Wow. There, there is Shit. no respecking except for an Elden Ring, and that's the reason why I wanted to bring up that. You know, if you pick the wrong class and you're like, shit, I don't want to be doing this. I want to do this. Yeah. If as long as you make it to Renala and defeat Renala and you have some larval tears, you can go through and you can change your build. You can change your build for every boss if you wanted to, if you have that money larval tears. I guess if that's the case, I'm like hands down then to Elden Ring. I'm yeah. just trying to think like, can you do so in Dark Souls? I think you can. I just don't remember how. Yeah. 
And if you can, it's certainly not as much as what you can in Elden Ring. Oh, yeah, no. Because, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I have so many larval tiers right now in Elden Ring. I can literally do every build class. Yeah. If I wanted to. So, yeah, no. Good job for versatility to Elden Ring. Plus, with all the spells and incantations and, mm -hmm. and this and the, uh, uh, well, it's not Frenzy. It's a Frenzy? The Madness. The Madness, yeah. the ma Like, there's so much that you can do. Yeah. And, and, and twine together. So, yeah. Hands down to Elden Ring, then. Yeah, I, I honestly, because I don't know, because you were the one that's played it, so I was like, if, if he's wanted to respec at all, like, you know, but I feel like the only first time we've ever talked about that was with Elden Ring. Yeah. Was to respec your character. And when we say that, it's just reallocating levels into a different attributes. Right. With Ranala, like, you can go and say, like, we both usually do strength builds. He will, he does strength. I, I did a quality build this time, mm -hmm. um, which is health. Vitality, endurance, strength, and dex—all like super maxed up, as best you can. And then having a quality weapon, and you can literally change your like they call them ashes of war. And when you yeah, add that stuff on there, they'll be like, "Hey, do you want this to be fire? Do you want this to be ice? Do you want it to be the magic or whatever? Heavy, standard, quality. I always choose quality." I will say that I do applaud. Both. There's so much versatility in the game; it's yeah. kind of insane that we understand. If you don't understand it. It's a lot to wrap your head around. <laughs> I do applaud both Bloodborne and Elden Ring. And I even think eventually Dark Souls 3 for just removing the ability to upgrade your armor. I always found that to be rather useless. Yeah, doing that in Dark Souls. Yeah. One, at Why? least. Yeah, that... One and two, I think, is where you definitely do it. I can't remember if you yeah. do in three. It makes sense to just have, like, let's just have a shit ton of armor that, you know, like, oh, I'm a mage class, so this is the type of armor I'd want to have as a mage that helps me be a mage or whatever. Yeah. Um, or I'm quality build, so that's tank class, essentially. Being a huge heavy tank with a shit ton of health, Yeah. you're going to want probably some tanky-ass armor that, you know, can take some hits. Absolutely. So. So, yeah. Uh, to Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we're getting close, close to fin finishing this out. It's just going to be some quick stuff. So do you have any favorites of the bosses, enemies, NPCs? We can do each game if you want, but if you just have a, Ooh. you know, five favorite or something like that, whatever you, whatever you want to pick. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, if I have to do five favorite of all of them? No, not all of it. All, uh, all together. Oh, all together. Yeah. Um, like five favorite or pick one from each game. Whatever. I mean, Demon Souls may have to be kind of left out because we neither of us have done it. Right. He's not completed it, so we don't really know. Well, my favorite boss of DS1 is a tie. Oh, no, because we want DLC, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, is either... It's actually probably going to be Artorius. Yeah. I like Artorius. Um, you. We'll go back and forth. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think here. Just trying to go through all the bosses. I honestly think probably Artorius is my favorite as well. Yeah. Artorius and Sif combined because they are combined lore. So. Yeah. Uh, DS2, my favorite pro boss is probably in the DLC, uh, the Iron King. Okay. Mine's Ava because I have a white tiger that's named after Ava in <laughs> Dark Souls cool. 2. So, yeah. yeah. Um... DS3... That's also a DLC, too. The Office wasn't a DLC, so... Yeah. DS3, definitely Gale. 
Gale. So yeah. I love fighting Slave Knight Gale. And that's a hard tie just because the Nameless, say, King Nameless King is super I was cool. going to say Nameless King was going to be mine and or... Um... Oh, there was somebody else. I Lady Freya. Uh, or Sister Freya. Yeah, Sister Freya. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those three bosses are just awesome. Mm-hmm. Love them. Probably Sister Freya, actually, just because she's like a three-part boss. It's she like tough. Oh my god. So, I yeah. can't wait to watch you rage out on her. Just watch me walk away. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, uh, next in lineup would be Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Oh. I already know mine. <laughs> and you know it too. Bloodborne. Potentially. Oh, yeah. Maria. Lady Maria. Yeah. Maria's great. Uh, yeah, Maria or Koss. Okay. My favorite. I just just Lady just Maria. Maria. For me. Yeah. Uh, Securo. Potentially, uh, Lugarius. He's also in the DLC. No, or, no, Lu- that, that's a that's um. You mean Ludwig? L- Ludwig, yeah. Ludwig. Um, yeah, I think him. Also, because he's the one that uses a big moonland blade. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's he's fun too. Lugarius uh, is in there too, but yeah, not in the DLC, but yeah. Yeah. He's in the game, but I, I just... Names. Yeah, <laughs> you know. there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, Sekiro. I don't... I probably have to say any fight with Dad. Yeah, I like the inners. Uh, so I I appreciate fighting Owl the most, in all honesty. is good and fine, but for some reason, fighting Owl is more satisfying. Yeah. To me. I'm say the dads. Yeah, the dads. <laughs> yeah. All three of them. Uh, so then Elden Ring. Uh, Melania. Mel- <laughs> He's a fucking masochist over here. He loves fighting the one boss you don't need to actually fight in the game. No, he loves great. fighting Melania. I'm already. I've already. He's been beating Melania for me in my games because I fucking hate her. Um, but I'm trying to think who would be my favorite because I haven't really thought about this. I should have. <laughs> You know. You had all day. I had all day, and I've been playing the game a bunch. Um, I think we've said this. Well, oh, I know, I know. I Sorry, I forgot. Ooh. Malekith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Malekith is my favorite. He's the one that starts out as Beast Clergyman, uh, which we all believe to be Gronk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he transforms into Malekith, and I believe there is lore behind Malekith that I think he was like... Um, he was somebody's partner, the, mm. like night partner or whatever, like protector. Oh, gotcha. I can't remember. Gotcha. I'd have to, well, well, we're here. Since we're here. And while you're looking that up, I will say that the reason why I appreciate, uh, Melania's fight is that the entire time, cause she, she can like, you know, tag team me out of the corner and I will aid her in her game. And the first time that she came across Melania, like, you were just fed up, couldn't do it, didn't want to do it. Like, you do it if you can, whatever. Yeah. And the first night that I attempted her, I was going at her for, like, two, two and a half hours straight. Yeah. But not once was I actually frustrated. Uh, it was it was just entertaining to me, and it was just me trying to learn how to beat this woman. Yeah. Um, and then what? The very next day, I got her like you got her, you try. got her like the second try or whatever. Yeah. And then I handed it to him my second game, and he beat her first try. Yeah. 
So I've, he still has to do it in my third game here. Yeah. So And I beat her first try through my own playthrough. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Melania is great. Yeah, I believe he was just. Yeah, he like he was Merica's. Uh, so like you know how Ronnie has Blyde. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, okay. Ronnie has Blyde. He's the protector or whatever. Yep. Malaketh is was basically that from Merica. That's cool. So that's why he's, that's he's cool. such a cool boss. Yeah. I've kind of fucked his up his cutscene is awesome oh my god i know i fucked him up the first time because i got so excited i watched the cutscene and i got excited and i fucked up <laughs> um and so that i kind of was laughing at myself and i got in there and then my mimic my mimic tree so we have ashes we can summon in elden ring that are you know that can help you yeah your assistance with, um my, yeah basically and i have one that's called a mimic tear which is basically a repeat of me it's another one of me yeah and this so like this last play three i had to do him twice but whatever and so that time i was like okay skip the cutscene because i obviously just enjoyed it too much i just fucking just blew my head out and didn't even pay attention mm. and so i went in the second time we tanked him yeah. so hard i mean he was like get up tank get up tank get up tank i just like i was laughing as we were doing this to him and i'm like oh yeah. he's such a favorite boss fight of mine but like he's cool he's super yeah. cool he does some really fucked up shit to you but yeah he does if if you can if you can fight it you got it yeah uh do you have a least favorite of anything like any boss enemy npc weapon even like any least favorite i already know my least favorite boss in elden ring is horlu sure sure i just don't like him um least favorite I do not enjoy the Moonlight Butterfly fight. Why? It's so easy. It's easy, but it's tedious and annoying. Yeah. Unless you're an archer, you're a spellcaster, but it, it, as far as our builds go, tedious and annoying. That's true. And, when he says our builds, we're strength build, builds, so we yeah, have a, we have a big, big, up, big ass fucking weapon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot in Dark Souls 2 that I don't like, but one of them that comes to mind is that frog like creature where the only time that you can actually deal damage onto him is when he like opens up his skin and he comes out. I don't even remember that and that sounds gross. Yeah. Uh so him I dislike as well as that female scorpion fight. That was whatever. Um Dark Souls three. I don't like the Crystal Sage. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like the, the one that he stage. actually got angry at me, and I don't know if it was caught on stream. He actually told me it to was shut off, up. It was off stream. It was off stream. It he told me to stream. shut up. Yeah. And we kind of have a rule that we're not allowed to say shit like that to each other because we both find it insulting. Just yeah. be like, just hey, be quiet, please. Like it's just to try to be a little bit nicer about it. Just be like, can you please be quiet, or can you please leave the room? I am or getting, just, fr I'm getting very much frustrated, and I need to focus. That was just, or just give me a moment. Yeah, but it was like kind of like a huh. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't yeah. know you were struggling and you weren't acting. Because like... that's the thing is he plays these games like he's not even frustrated by any of it. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know at the time that you were getting frustrated because you weren't saying it. But then all of a sudden it was a harsh word. Yeah. And I was like, eh, I'm so sorry. And then yeah. I just kind of felt like crap because I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, I know that Crystal Sage. That's the reason why now when he plays it, I'm like, yeah. I shut up because 
You know, a little bit of PTSD on my part. Yeah, not really. It's, it's, it's not that bad. It's a yeah. bad memory. It's yeah, it's just it's not a, a good memory, memory. But I know that he needs to focus on it because it is a very frustrating boss fight, and I look forward to me throwing my controller into a pillow again with that one. <laughs> There's that one that I just dislike. Yeah. Uh, but the other one that is frustrating is in the uh, uh, the Inner Ring DLC of DS3. Okay. is where you drop down into like those two demons that you have to fight and then they combine into one the prince of demons or the demon prince oh those two boys those two boys yeah yeah, yeah that one because they're both tough and it's a long fight i would rather take care of uh the dlc dragon twice yeah yeah that's very true um okay so you did dark souls 3 so bloodborne Anybody you don't like? Uh, the um, either that skeletal dog one, the electric one that you uh, fight when you're in that prison. It's like the dark whatever. Uh... I don't know. <laughs> There's so many things he's like sitting here trying to describe to me. I'm like, I don't know if it's not a main boss. I don't know. It's it's not required no um, let's see bloodborne bells um and it has a weird name too let's see um no that's fine that's fine oh i didn't like i also didn't like celestial emissary but that's, that's the, fine uh like alien looking one right yeah. well it's like it has, like, all the small dudes. Little small the dudes, one, one. and then there's, like, the one that you have to be attacking. Yeah. Oh, Dark Beast Parl. Oh. That one seems kind of useless. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was, like, you know, you have to run around. Don't you have to kill, like, the ladies ringing a bell? No, that's the one unborn. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I take all that back. You know who I dislike the most? Mm. Mikolash. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, running around. <laughs> yeah, that that one I dislike the yeah, most. Yeah, makes sense. I'm not going to have a dislike, guys, just because I've not played the game. I feel like I will come up with a dislike when I have played the game more fully. Yeah, um, that's fair, that's fair. Then Sekiro, any dislikes? <sighs> can be even game mechanics, even, but at this point, I mean, we're just enjoying the games, and we don't really... Game mechanic, you can't change it, that's what it is, so I feel like... The one that frustrates me the most is the true monk. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that probably... It frustrates you. I don't really think you dislike anything in the game. No, I don't dislike things in the game. Uh, other than, you know, the terror uh, status. Yeah, you hate the terror status. Terror status is dumb. Uh, but I dislike just the amount of poise. Infinite poise, it seems, that true monk has. Yeah. Otherwise... I do not enjoy, and I'm sure most people do either, is the Divine Dragon fight. Because it's so sequenced. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, so Elden Ring. I already said my least favorite was Horolu. Yeah. Which and potentially Radon as well. Horolu is this one right before Radagon and Elden Beast. He's the one yeah. who's like the, type, the, the, uh, the uh, ghost-like tiger around his shoulder. Yeah. 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 They him. could have done so much more with him. They could that. have done so much more with him. And it, I dislike him because now that I'm in my third playthrough, he's doing things to me that he never did before. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm not liking it because he literally, like, it took me way too long on the last one to get him just because he kept picking me up and throwing me on the ground and he would not even let me get up to heal. Like, I literally, I was lying on the ground and he picked me up and threw me down. Like, what the, what the hell? Yeah. I just didn't like that. Either that's a game mechanic or some sort of bug or something like that. I just didn't like it. And then Radon. I just hate because he's like a fat ass guy on a small little horse. That's poor scrawny nag. Yeah. Um, I would... I didn't mind him so much. I thought the whole setup was kind of weird, but, you know, Yeah, like whatever. having to travel across the water, and then you can summon in a bunch of people while he's sitting there tossing arrows at you. Yeah. I would say that a lot of the mini-bosses, I think, shouldn't exist. Like that stupid cat-dog statue boss. Or, yeah, the Urtree... Av no, not Urtree avatars, but yeah, they're the uh, burial watchdogs. Yeah, I don't like those. Those are dumb enemy types those death birds are annoying as fuck oh yeah that's the yeah that's the other thing it's like if there's a mechanic in the game or something like that that i don't like it's actually frost mm -hmm. originally i was saying it was rot now i'm like no i can actually kind of deal with rot a little bit yeah frost is so stupid yeah you've got like the boluses that you can take to help deal with it but it builds up so quickly mm -hmm. and can literally kill you instantly yeah Main boss is the only main boss that I would probably say I dislike, even though he's easy as fuck, is the all-knowing dude in the round table. Because <laughs> like, he's easy. Yeah, it's like, whatever. I don't dislike him because he's easy. It's just, it's a nice pace, you know, after you've worked really hard in crumbling Azula. Sure. You know, and like, you defeated Malaketh. For some people, Malaketh might be hard. It really kind of wasn't for me, but that's, yeah. I don't know, because I was enjoying it so much. Sure. But... Yeah, and then you get there, and it's like, okay, now what? And so your next boss is Gideon Ofnir, you know, yeah. or Gideon Ofnir, and he is like, you know, just sitting there talking at you, and you just wail on him. And I, I found it to be. Like, a... He does do things to you if you do let him, but yeah. it, he seems kind of pointless. It's like, it, like literally, I think I beat him my very first playthrough. I beat him in like thirty seconds. Yeah, it was so dumb. It's what's the point? Yeah. So, he's just an NPC that was part of the round table and they want and he was the one kind of feeding you a little bit of lore and stuff like that and so they needed him in there. I was like, honestly, you could have just left him out. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Although I suppose that also kind of ties in with a little bit of theming of Miyazaki mm -hmm. because Garnum did the same thing, you kill him. Yeah. Uh the sculptor do, does the same thing, you kill him because he becomes the demon of hatred. Yeah. So, I don't know. Theming, I guess. Potentially. But yeah, all the and... other ones are fine. It's just him is annoying. Yeah. So then, last thing, last thing we're going to do yeah. is rank each game. It's your personal choice. Ooh, okay. Um... Except we can't do Demon's Souls we, just yet. We really can't put it in there. I mean, we, we can give it a justified position, I sure. think, but... I'm going to at least try to give a justified position. All right. So going from least to most. Of your favorite, you know, that's everything included, bosses, all that stuff, you right. know, whatever, what, however you want. What is your most overall your, gaming experience? Yeah, I'd say go from the least to the most so that we end on a happy note. Okay. You know. So I would say then uh, Dark Souls 2. Then, ooh. 
I don't know where Demon Souls lies, but it'll be towards the bottom. But definitely Dark Souls 2. Then I would say either Demon Souls or Dark Souls 1. Okay. And then the other one following thereafter. Then I would say Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne. You have DS1 and Elden Ring left. No, I already did DS1. Oh, yeah, so you only have... So, I'm sorry, let me reorder. Dark Souls 2. You said Demon Souls or DS1. Yeah. Then Elden have... Ring. Elden Ring, okay. Wow. Bloodborne. I'm sorry, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, then Sekiro. Okay. So, I've enjoyed the shit out of Sekiro. Yes. Uh, so, that's what I would say for my order. Uh, my order is going to be primarily based on viewership. I have only played portions of a couple games and entirely one. Um, so it's going to be Dark Souls 2 at the bottom. <laughs> um, then probably Sekiro because uh, it's, it's just so different looking and I'm just not looking forward to having to learn something different. Yeah. Um, then I would probably have to see... What, I've done the two. Okay, so yeah. I, I, I missed Dark one. Souls 2, Sekiro. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, miss, I'm missing one in my head. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, so, I'm still... Oh, never mind. Yeah, so then probably Demon Souls. Okay. Just And it's Demon Souls is that low. It's not... Like, I'm not trying to be unfair to it or anything. It's just we haven't played much of it. He hasn't played much of it. I've played only a little bit of it myself, even. Mm. Um, so that's the only fair spot right now honestly and i know that doesn't seem sound fair because we haven't completed it but that's where it is yeah um the fact that i've seen just a little bit of it and it still ranks over those two to me is says something for myself but whatever yeah um yeah so then yeah that's demon souls and basically i would have to say dark souls one dark souls three bloodborne elden ring there we go that's fair that's fair so. Cool. Any final notes? Final remarks? That's that's really all I got. I just figured, you know, ending on like how we rank it based after talking so much about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, that's the podcast then. Yeah. Check out my guest, uh, Queen Shelby. It's also known as Shelby. She has places and platforms and this and that. You can check her out. I recommend you do. Where are they at? Uh, so I'm just Queen Shelby, so at least amongst platforms. Those platforms are Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. All Queen Shelby's, that's with one L in the Shelbyst. Um, just find me on those platforms. I do stuff primarily mostly on Twitch. As of right now, I'm trying to get myself back out into the world. Um, doing some mixology stuff. I know that seems weird that I have this mix Miyazaki knowledge and yet I do mixology, but whatever. Um... Everyone has to have a hobby. Yeah. Um, ow! He literally scratched my back trying to get up there. Sorry, cat. everyone. Cat just decided to jump on the my back. Ugh, okay. Um, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the platforms that I can be found on. She also has a Discord. Yeah, I also have a Discord, which I don't remember. It's just... The Royal Beasts or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, forget, I forget your number. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm Queen Shelby some number. Yep. Yeah. Let's see, and then, you obviously, you know me. 
this is the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast, which is found on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, which you won't find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, just because the subscription that I use in order to upload the podcast simultaneously to those things ran out, and I need to pay for it again, which I can't right now. So, uh, that will happen next week, uh, is when those will be updated which is why I knew that the anniversary of a year came around. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, <laughs> um, email me, fsofpodcast at gmail.com for inquiries and topics. Just say hello. And um, yeah, my Twitch platform is Fapism Place, amongst other things. So thank you to my guests for joining me. I hope you had fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as always, say keep practicing no matter what it is. Song doesn't hurt you or anyone else. What's up? Stream after. Yeah, we'll be doing a stream after this. A little bit of a break for us to eat, feed the cats, and uh, we'll be playing a fun game. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, But keep practicing no matter what it is. Song doesn't hurt you or anyone else. I say practice remembering who you are and what you like. As Shelby said earlier on the podcast, it's really easy to lose track of who you are, what you want, especially during times of just feeling down or depressed. So do what makes you happy in the meantime while you're trying to just sift through all that. I realize that sleeping might make you happy, but try not to. I know sometimes it's a little difficult and sometimes that sleep is needed, but when you do get up, Try to do the things that you like to do. So, with that said, that has been the podcast. Thank you to my guest. Thank you for listening. Uh, Tune in next week. I do have topics that I wish to discuss. uh, So it will actually be planned. (laughs) So, thank you for listening. Good night. Sleep well, sweet dreams. And until next time, au revoir. Jesus. Templeton. (coughs) Right. All right. Thank you for listening, and uh, good night, everyone. See you next time.